this podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Hello and welcome to NHS Careers Untapped. The NHS is one of the largest employers in the world, but most people when they think of a job in the NHS think of doctors and nurses. However, the NHS is so much more. There's a huge variety of jobs you can do, suiting all interests and personalities. In this podcast, we will be talking to people working in the NHS, in jobs you might never have heard of before, finding out exactly what they do, how they came to be working in that job, and what they love most about it. So today I'm joined by Lynn and Nishma, who are, and I really hope I've got your job title right, your paediatric audiologists. Is that right? That's right. Great. Well, thank you for joining me today, both of you. Could you start by just telling me a bit about your job? Yep. So we are paediatric audiologists. Audiologist, it's not a name that everybody would be familiar with. The easiest way to explain it is like we're optometrists, but for the ears. So we identify, we test, we diagnose, and we manage hearing loss. That's our everyday sort of bread and butter. Pediatric audiology, meaning that we focus more on children's hearing loss and supporting children aged 0 to 18. Every child born in the UK has a newborn hearing screen. So as soon as you're born, someone will come along and quickly screen your baby's hearing. And that program has been running since 2004 now. So we're quite lucky in that respect because we are able to pick up hearing loss from really, really early ages. The incidence of hearing loss is about one in a thousand. And then obviously that figure is higher if the child has additional health needs. But what we do is we will diagnose that hearing loss. There's lots of different types of hearing loss and we'll manage it appropriately with hearing aids or other kind of rehabilitative devices. We work in a hospital setting. We also work in community healthcare settings. Sometimes we're in the actual department. Sometimes we join other departments, other specialties, and we'll work in theatre or on the ward. And I think that's the crux of it, really. We will also assess the candidacy of patients with hearing loss for hearing aids and cochlear implants. So if we think they are suitable, we will treat that accordingly. And assure rehabilitation and the best outcome of it. Hearing loss is considered low incidence, but high need in terms of the amount of rehabilitation and support that our patients require. We have a major role as well in counseling the general population in how to prevent hearing loss and how to take care of it especially nowadays that a lot of teenagers and adults, I would say, they like to blast the music in their headphones. So this is something we really need to prevent the population of taking care of. Okay, fantastic. That sounds really interesting. How long have you done this job for? Myself, I have been doing it now for five years. My first job after graduating was actually at Oxford Uni University Hospital. And then I decided to move to London to work for Great Ormond Street Hospital, which is an amazing place to work. In both places, I only work with children. So my exposure is mainly with in pediatric. How about you, Nishma? 
So I've been working as an audiologist for eight years, worked with adults and children. I've worked all over the country, actually, out of the country as well. But I moved to Great Ormond Street about two years ago. And I'll just kind of echo what you said, Lynn. It's really, it's really nice working with the children here as well. Fantastic. And how did you get your job? So what training was needed to be able to apply for the job of an audiologist? So the most traditional route into audiology is going to university and getting a degree in audiology. So the degree is three years, it's the undergraduate bachelor's. Usually you just need one science-based subject in your A-levels, biology, psychology, chemistry, whatever have you. And you're looking at maybe A's and B's to get in. It's a really fun course. It's usually a small course. There were no more than 30, 40 people when I was training on my course. So you get a lot of one-to-one time with your tutors and your lecturers. Part of the course incorporates a placement in a hospital. So you'll be placed in a hospital in an audiology department. You'll be working with other trained and experienced audiologists and learning how to do those basic day-to-day things, taking patient histories, doing a hearing test, all the practical hands-on stuff, so that when you graduate, you are pretty much the finished product. You're ready to go and you can apply for jobs straight away, whether that be in the NHS or in the private sector. So spec savers, boots, or you know, private hearing aid dispensers. Me personally, that is what I did. I did my bachelor's degree. I went on to do a master's as well in audiology. If you want to specialize in different areas of audiology, so for example, pediatrics, or if you want to be a balance specialist, because that's related to audiology as well, you would most likely need to go on and do some further education. In terms of other routes into the job, there is a national program called the Scientist Training Program. So people who have an undergraduate degree in, that's not in audiology, but in a science-based degree of some sort, you can get onto this graduate scheme, I'll call it. And it's, that's a three-year course. A master's is incorporated into that and it's fully funded. And you would be trained as an audiologist amongst the three domains of audiology as well. Okay. But a degree is kind of the minimum requirement, whatever route you take to be an audiologist. That's the most traditional route. There are some hospitals who run apprenticeship schemes, but they can take a little bit longer and it depends on where you live, whether you're that hospital or that scheme. And how about you, Lynn? What was your training like? My training was a bit different because I was not trained in the UK. I did my whole training in Canada, in Montreal. It's quite similar clinically from the UK. So coming here was not a big difference to me. I think the most challenging thing was to find a job. And for that, basically, I just had to contact several hospitals through the NHS website. And I did some interview, but it wasn't easy because I had to contact at least 20 placements. So you can get there while we time. So what does a typical day look like for you both? So our day will start around 9.30 where we will see our first patient with a lunch break at 1 p.m. And then our last patient will leave around 4.30. Usually the last 30 minutes of the day give us some time to wrap up our reports and prepare our clinic for the following morning. A typical day, you'll 
you'll likely be scheduled onto a certain clinic. There's different clinics we'll do. We'll have diagnostic clinics and we'll have rehabilitative clinics. And you might be working by yourself or you might be working with a colleague. Of course, when you're working with young children, say a one-year-old or a two-year-old, you need two people in that appointment to kind of manage the testing and all the little bits of the appointment. So that's a nice part of the job because you're often working very closely with your colleagues as well. You're not alone in a room the whole day, just stuck with your patients. The nice thing about pediatric audiology is that the testing is just playing games. You have to make it fun for the child. So although we're doing some technical stuff in the background, in terms of what you're doing with the actual child is literally just playing games. And so that's really fun. And it, 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 it doesn't make the day drag. The day can go very quickly when, when you're enjoying yourself like that. But you'll be scheduled into different clinics based on the patient's age and their needs. And, and literally you're playing games with them. Yeah, it's really fun. It's good fun. Yeah, so I was going to ask a bit more th- about that. Like, how are you actually testing their hearing? So you're playing with them and playing noises or sounds, or how does that actually work? So, yeah, exactly. So there's two types of hearing tests that we do. We've got behavioral hearing tests and objective hearing tests. Behavioral meaning we'll play a sound to the child and we see how they react to it or we'll see how they behave to it. So if we play a quiet sound to the child and we see them respond in a you know repeatable manner then we know they should hear that sound essentially not all children can be tested behaviorally maybe they're too young you can't test a newborn in that way for example so we also have objective tests where we don't require any cooperation from the patient we can test their hearing through a computer or through different means essentially we have special equipment to to test them Oh, okay. That's really clever. Yeah. Can I ask you both, what do you like most about your job? And on the flip side of that, what do you find most challenging? I like it for many reasons, but there are two main ones that I would like to talk about. First, I found working with children very gratifying, especially at Great Ormond Street. We work, as we said before, with children who have special needs or are sometimes very ill, unfortunately. So making a difference into their quality of life is very important to me. Personally, I fit a lot of hearing aids and implants and seeing the reaction of the children for the first time after hearing is very rewarding because this is where you really see the result of your work. I don't know if you've seen the YouTube videos on with children that hear for the first time. And basically what we do. Yeah, I've seen some of those videos. I think a good comparison sometime. The second thing I like, and I think it's a very important thing, is my team. I think it's very important to have a solid team where everyone works and help each other. Because we work with children and it's fun and it can be challenging at the same time. So you cannot do it alone. You need a whole team behind you. And I think what I like most about my job You know, I've always known I wanted to work with children growing up. So when I was choosing a career as a teenager, I considered, you know, teaching and things like that. But I also really like healthcare and I like science. And I wanted to go into a career that incorporated that. And I think my job incorporates those two things I like. It's very social and you're able to communicate with patients, the population, the parents, the children, and that's a really nice aspect to it. But it also incorporates 
lot of technical stuff behind the scenes and a lot of learning and diagnostic awareness in that sense. Okay. And maybe you've tried to dodge this question a bit, but I'm going to ask it again. What do you find challenging? I think the most challenging thing is that it can be difficult not to get emotionally involved with your patients, especially working at Great Warming Street. Almost all of the patients that we see have additional health needs and sometimes their stories are really sad. Sometimes hearing loss isn't the biggest issue on their whole long list of problems. There's other life-threatening issues going on. It's hard to see and watch that for the patient to go through. It's hard to see and watch parents go through that. So that's the most challenging part, not, not getting too emotionally attached. Okay, yeah, I can understand that that could be really difficult, actually. What personal qualities or skills are needed for your job? I would say you need to be very patient, cheerful, and especially alert all the time with the children. I think you as only well, have to have the skills to communicate in a precise and concise way with the parents because unfortunately we do sometimes announce bad news. We have good news as well, but you need to be able to communicate that really well with the parents. You, of course, need the expertise and the experience to diagnose and solve problems adequately. You have to be really quick and wise in your management. And of course, I come back to the good management of the team. When the team is well managed and you manage well your time as a clinician, that's another skill that you should have. It's a lot of skills, but you usually learn it with time during your career. You learn all those skills on the job, really. When I first started, I was really shy. I'd say my communication skills were subpar to say the to be nice. On the job, you, you learn a lot. Yeah, everything comes with experience, I would say. Nothing to be worried about. Right, okay. So actually, you can learn and develop skills on the job. You don't have to be like the finished article right at the start when you get your job, but you can you can learn as you're going along as long as you've got that willingness to learn. Yeah, totally. Of course. What do you wish other people knew about your job? Firstly, that we're not sound engineers or DJ in a music studio, because when they hear audiologies, they hear audio and they think we deal with music, but this is totally not what we do. And I think that's something we would like people to know that we are health professionals. I think what I wish people knew is that when you hear the word audiologist, you often just don't know what it is. It's a really underrepresented career choice. Audiology and the ability to hear properly and helping people with hearing loss is really important, especially in children. If you can't hear a sound properly, you can't learn the sound and then you can't make it. So we often see children with hearing loss having things like delayed speech and language development. And following on from that, you've got delayed social skills. Following on from that, you've got delays in your educational needs. So what I think I would like people to realize is that it's a really important job. And like Lynn mentioned earlier, it's low incident. You don't get as many children who have hearing loss as say sight loss, but it's really high need. And so the difference that you make for those children that you work with is, is quite spectacular and quite significant. And because audiology is not very known, there aren't enough students that would want to enroll in that job. At present, there is a big shortage of audiologists across the UK, and that's in adult and pediatric. So we are a bit 
afraid that we may face serious recruitment issues in the future. Right. So actually, it's really important that people know about your job and how, how important and rewarding it can be. I guess on that note, what advice do you have for students or young people who might be thinking about a career in audiology? First, I think you need to find a job where you are happy and passionate about. And sometimes it takes time to find it. If you are thinking of becoming an audiologist, I would recommend to get a day of observation in a NHS hospital because this is where you will see a variety of interesting cases and where you will learn the most and get the most exposure out of it. What do you think? I would say work experience is really important. So I'll echo that. I did a lot of work experience when I was choosing you know, my university course and actually it helped me rule out quite a few things. So I would definitely ask for a day of observation. You can go to any hospital and they've all got schemes and processes in place to, to help you actualize that. And sometimes you just take an email, you just send an email and you show your interest and you can start from there. Okay, yeah, that's great advice. Thank you so much. Well, that's been really fascinating to learn a bit more about your job today. So thank you so much, Lynn and Nishma, for, for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Emma. Thank you for listening to NHS Careers Untapped. To find out more about different career opportunities within the NHS, please check out our other podcasts, available for streaming or download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and YouTube. You can also find out about other events happening as part of the Careers Untapped project by registering on the Great Ormond Street Digital Education Network at the link provided in the episode description and searching NHS Careers Untapped. You can also find links to a couple of other great websites to check out, including healthcarecareers.nhs.uk and skillsforhealth.org.uk. This podcast was brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. If you want to find out more about our work, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.